Scott Bauer, the CEO of Prosper Trading Academy, is joining us this morning to get ahead of what's playing out in terms of financial markets. A busy week. Scott, welcome. Uh, a busy week in terms of central bank activity. Uh, I want to begin, though, with the jobs report on Friday. I guess uh, my question is, does it change the Fed expectations any? It looks like 75 for the most part is uh, still in order. No, it really hasn't been. And good morning to you. Uh, you know, a lot of people looked at it and said it was that Goldilocks number, right? It didn't beat. It didn't miss. It was kind of right as expected. But I think what the Fed is looking at right now is the fact that that wages still are strong. Jobs are still strong. Yes, unemployment did tick up a little bit in this in this wacky world of good news, bad news, bad news, good news. You know, people interpreted that as maybe a sign that, OK, you know, the Fed doesn't have to be as aggressive. Um, there's really one big number left here, and it's the CPI report uh, next week. So Fed's going to be looking at that. But I, you know, I, I think it's all but a foregone conclusion that 75 mm. is the hike. And now it's going to be, Ben, what are they going to do on the next one? Mm. You know, I think I think now the, the street, the market, people are looking beyond the September decision. What's going to be involved? You know, what's going to happen in the next one? You know, I think that's a good uh, kind of point to raise there. It may not necessarily be as important to focus on uh, so much on this individual meeting and the individual hike coming, whether it be 50 or 75 basis points, because what I've been hearing is more kind of the end result. Where do we end up? And right. when's that last rate hike? And ultimately, where does that put us? Talk to us a little bit about, speaking of, uh, you know, kind of the ongoing process and the trend we've seen. I mean, we started off the show this morning talking about the RBA, a 50 basis point yep. rate hike as expected. And then you also this week have the Bank of Canada and the ECB. No doubt. And, and we've talked about this other central banks having to play catch up mm -hmm. to, to the Fed and RBA as expected. And now it seems like uh, ECB. It seems like they're they're going to you know possibly go 75, which, which is a a really big hike. Canada's got to catch up. So you've got all these other central banks here, you know, really you know, if you will, turning the corner, having to get more hawkish. But what is so interesting here in in Britain with with the new prime minister coming in is even though they're behind the curve, they have to raise rates. She, from what I read, and I, I, admittedly, I don't know a ton, but she is, is on the platform of, of tax cuts mm -hmm. and dealing with the energy problem, yeah. making sure that people can afford, you know, what's going on with the major energy crisis there, which, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how that balances mm -hmm. out. But, but other central banks around the world, they're still playing catch up. If it balances out, Scott's referencing uh, the new prime minister, the fourth prime minister in uh, six years, Liz Truss, taking over for Boris Johnson. Uh, uh, Scott, talk to me about the strength in the U.S. dollar. I mean, all of this seems to just kind of bolster that, right? You've got the ECB, which is behind the curve, the RBA not necessarily getting overly aggressive and signaling that uh, the pace could slow in the coming months, ultimately. And the Bank of Canada, which last hike, keep in mind, was a full basis point, but I don't think they're expecting to see uh, that as aggressive an approach in the upcoming meeting tomorrow. Um, uh, talk to us a little bit about the dollar here, what the, all of this means. I mean, it, it seems like the Fed, or they, it still seems like the, there's strength to be found there. I, I mean, there is definitely strength. You know, it hit a, a, another two-decade high, you know, broke 110 to the upside. It's backed off a little bit about that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's still a matter that other central banks are playing catch-up, which is putting pressure on the dollar to the upside here. And, you know, that and, and what the Fed is doing 
there, there's still no other game in town, if you will, which is why the trajectory for the dollar, I'm not saying it's going to 112, 113, but the, the pressure is still to the upside because of that. Okay. I'm looking here. It looks like the bank can expected to raise by 75 basis points tomorrow amidst some recent disappointing data, including that second quarter GDP number, uh, August manufacturing PMI. Talk to us a little bit, Scott, uh, about rates here in the U.S. They seem to have settled into a bit of a range and uh, kind of leaning towards the upper median of that kind of middle of that yeah. range. The TNX about 3%, also very supportive of what we see in the U.S. dollar. Maybe not supportive of a breakout. You can look to the euro currency, the British pound, and uh, the yen, for example, for the weakness there, strengthening and bolstering the U.S. dollar. But rates holding in this range and, again, near the middle to upper extreme of it, ultimately uh, supportive of the greenback as well. They, they are in the middle to the upper end. And, you know, I, I mentioned over the past you know few weeks or so that, 3% on the 10-year was was this psychological number. And yeah. if we started to trend towards that higher end, towards 320, 330, that could spell trouble for the equity markets because, you know, it, again, that psychological number of, of three and a half or so where we were a couple mm -hmm. months ago on that high end really put some hurt into the equity markets. And, and I'm hoping that we don't get there, Ben, because I do think that could that could be the one thing that, that could make this market break down and maybe try and trend back towards those June lows. But the fact that we are holding here, it is in the middle to the upper end here, I, I think that is critical overall for the market. Scott, you're talking about higher rates, inverted yield curve, and all this uh, potentially weighing on tech shares. Should we be watching if we see this uh, momentum to the upside continue? No doubt about it. I, I, I think tech shares are very vulnerable. But I do think, though, Ben, if we don't you know, see rates accelerating here, yeah. I think out of all of the sectors out there personally, tech could have the biggest upside from here. Okay. But it's obviously you know, maybe the most volatile, maybe the, the, the most difficult one to predict because it is so closely tied to what happens with rates. I like that. I like that. So if we do get a breakout, if uh, rates do continue the trajectory we've seen, basically we're looking at them since uh, the fall of 2020, ultimately. I mean, and the impact that's had on the NASDAQ tech could rally, you're saying, if we were to hold in this range or even if we were to pull back towards the lower extreme of this range. Again, the TNX on the right down around 2.5% was the lows that we saw uh, yep. recently this summer. Uh, Scott, lastly, Bitcoin, anything stand out there for you right now? It's been hovering below 20,000, kind of, uh, speaking of, stuck in a range. <laughs> and, and we know what happens when, when Bitcoin gets stuck in a range, when it, when it coils up for a period of time, a week, two weeks or so. That is usually the precursor to a very, you know, violent move one way or the other here. And, and Bitcoin really has been tied to the dollar. And I think if the dollar continues to be strong, it's going to be very difficult for Bitcoin to make any sort of move to the upside. And if we see the dollar back off a little bit, I, I think you see the inverted result to Bitcoin and Bitcoin could rally. I like that because the dollar more closely tied to rates in the last few months, last few quarters, I guess one could argue, than it has been the last few years. So exactly. in theory, if rates came off, the dollar could come off a little bit, ultimately, even if those foreign currents we talked about strengthened a little bit, um, uh, we could see the dollar uh, easing some off that 110 handle, and uh, maybe that would help support 
the NASDAQ as well in shares. And to your point, Bitcoin as well, which has struggled. It's been coming off with that strong U.S. dollar in the greenback to 110. Lastly, Scott, before we let you get out of here, we talk about some of the central bank activity and some of the focal points this week in terms of eco data. Uh, seems like kind of a light week. We mentioned the ISM numbers, some of the PMI, regional Fed speakers. It looked like Fed Chair Jerome Powell. What are you going to be dialed in on side from, uh, again, the ECB, the Bank of Canada and the RBA that we heard from this morning? It is a tough week in terms of, you know, the numbers coming out. What? How do we look at them, right? They are important. I don't think really anything coming out this week is going to, you know, feed into the Fed's decision okay. in a couple of weeks of what they're doing about rates. We've got weekly claims on Thursday. You know, the, those don't the, those haven't really moved over the last months or so. So, I, you know, it, it's probably just a matter of overall market conditions, overall market trade. I don't think other central bank activity is going to play into what we do here. Like you said, it's, it's a real quiet week economically. And the big focal point being that CPI number in between now and the Fed meeting. Absolutely. And I, I think that's next week, if I'm not mistaken, yes. on the, the 12th or 13th. Yes. That, that's, good. that's really going to be the big one. Uh, but I don't know if that's too close to the Fed meeting also, Ben, to, for them to say, oh, that the number is X. We're going to adjust our, our, you know, what we're going to do because of that. Yeah. I think that the CPI number could could lend itself more to the next mm. rate decision than the September one. Scott Bauer, I always appreciate you joining us. And uh, thanks for Thank starting you, to work with us here on the TD Ameritrade Network. Scott Bauer, the CEO of Prosper Trading Academy.